Hello, and welcome back to Taco the Town, the podcast where it's always Taco Tuesday. I'm your host, Dave, and I've never met a taco I didn't like. It's Star Wars week here on Taco the Town. We're celebrating the release of the new Star Wars film, Solo, a Star Wars story. And we are joined by a special guest who will be able to tell us all about how tacos and Star Wars are intimately connected. Yes. Cosmically intertwined, if you will. Galactically. <laughs> so stay tuned. We've got a lot coming your way. Like I said before, I've never met a taco I didn't like. Actually, there is one place that I did have a bad taco experience at, and that place will go unmentioned until my dentist says that it's the right time for me to taco about it. <laughs> Today we'll be reviewing another great taco place here in Kansas City. We'll be joined by a special guest who will share their favorite taco places with us. We'll share some stories, share some laughs, and most importantly, share some tacos. Welcome to Taco the Town. Let's find out what taco place we'll be reviewing this week. This week's taco destination is K Machos Mexican Grill and Cantina. With two Kansas City area locations at 1229 East Santa Fe Street in Olathe, Kansas, and off of 119th and Metcalf at 11741 Metcalf Avenue in Overland Park, K Machos is a newer Mexican restaurant to the Kansas City area that has really caught on in popularity. K Machos brings you Mexico's most authentic and popular cuisines with authentic flavors. The themed environment and great service will also complete your dining experience. Camachos has weekly lunch specials and unlimited chips and salsa refills, and it's famous for its signature margaritas. And as they like to say in the commercials, at Camachos, you're in Mexico. My one question is, what does the K in Camachos stand for? It's a mystery that we will try to unlock here on today's episode of Taco the Town. Let's meet this week's guest. He's one of the busiest and most talented voice actors in the biz. You've most likely heard his voice on TV, in the movie theater, or on a video game. His voice is really everywhere you go. You cannot escape the voice of our guest. He's an Overland Park native. He started doing voiceovers at the age of 15. By 24, he had recorded hundreds of commercials and was regularly booking national TV spots. Every week, he records movie trailers, cartoons, commercials, games, network promos, corporate pieces— Talking ornaments for Hallmark, the list goes on and on. And in the Star Wars universe, he's the voice of Yoda, Admiral Akbar. Rest in peace, Admiral Akbar. Admiral Yularen and other characters for The Last Jedi, Rogue One, The Force Awakens, and the upcoming film Solo, A Star Wars Story. Opening this week, his characters also star in Clone Wars, Rebels, and Lego movies and TV series. He's also featured in The Avengers, Archer, Family Guy, The Powerpuff Girls, Wolverine and the X-Men, Scooby-Doo, Shrek, Robot Chicken, Kim Possible, Foster's Home, Iron Man, The Wild Thornberries, and dozens of other animated series. At the Disney Parks, he's the voice of the monorail and a dozen rides and attractions and is the narrator of Galactic Nights and the grand finale spectacular that closes all Disney parks every night. His voice is in almost all the Star Wars and Call of Duty games, plus Fortnite, which is very popular right now. Star Trek, Final Fantasy, X-Men, Batman, Avengers, Lord of the Rings, and many more. And you are also the announcer for season one of the Eric Andre show, which is oh, one of my yeah. favorites. Yes. <laughs> also, when celebrities aren't available for post-production work, testing, or trailer recording, 
Tom does voice doubling, filling in for such A-listers as Morgan Freeman, Anthony Hopkins, Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, Liam Neeson, and others. He's also been honored to announce five Academy Award broadcasts on ABC, the 78th, 80th, 83rd, 84th, and the opening announcer for the 90th Academy Awards. And I just heard your voice the other day voicing the voice of a talking horse in a Diet Dr. Pepper oh commercial. God. Oh, is that out? Yeah, it's out. Oh, I'll have to look that I up. I was surprised. The horse walked up and then what's your voice going Oh, my God. Horse. Well, I didn't know it was out yet. It's a great spot. Look it up. So let's welcome <laughs> to Taco the Town, Tom Kane. Hello. Nice Thank, to be here, man. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. I, it was uh, like I told you, it's such an interesting twist on a podcast. I said I gotta, I gotta do this. <laughs> tacos in Kansas City. I yeah, short of short of you know tacos at just one specific restaurant. That's right. a pretty good one. But. So I don't know if you remember this, but this has got to be probably like 10, 12 years ago. And to show you how long ago it was, Blockbuster Video was still open. Yes. And I was at Blockbuster Video <laughs> looking for a video to check out. And on the wall was this movie called Evil Bong. Okay. And it was a, on the cover of the case was like a smoking bong <laughs> that looked like it was possessed by the devil. <laughs> of course. And I looked at it and I was like, you know, I should really check this out. This looks great. And then I hear your voice from like the <laughs> aisle next next door. And you're like, uh, I think you have to be smoking from an evil bong to enjoy that movie. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And I was like, whoa, Tom Kane. And uh, yeah, I think that was might have been the last time I was at that Blockbuster before oh, they all closed down. Yeah, they uh, sadly went the boy, I feel bad for the last human who had stock in that place. But uh, Yeah, that went fast. Feel well, like yeah, the technology, you know, they should have seen the handwriting on the wall, but yeah. uh, but they didn't. So I, uh, I, I'm not sure. Supposedly, there is actually still in like Alaska. Yeah, like the last one or two, <laughs> which I, I don't know, maybe there's. No internet service somewhere? Right. I, I don't know. I, you got me. But. I guess they have those family videos out now that are doing pretty good, which is pretty much just like Blockbuster. It's like an old school video place. Really? But yeah. Oh, I don't even know about that. Yeah, they're in Olathe. And, uh, huh. I guess it's like a, you get a video and pizza in the same place. So. For those families that, again, that don't right. have internet connection, <laughs> right. I guess. Right. Because, you know, the internet is the devil's work. So, uh, <clears throat> anyway. But. Anyway, I didn't end up checking out Evil Bong. <laughs> well, yeah, see, I was I was worried you were going to rent the last copy. That's <laughs> that's why I made fun of it, because I wanted that thing really badly. So I was that guy that you always see that takes the movie, right, yeah. that you were going to check out. I was jonesing for the Evil Bong <laughs> film. That's it, yeah. So here on Taco the Town, we talk Kansas City tacos past and present. What's your taco history? Do you have any— uh, Oh, man. Well, I— mm. Any great taco stories of Kansas City and Overland Park past? Well, not well. When I, you know, when I was growing up here back in the seventies, you know, they the only real Mexican food you well, no, sorry, strike the word real. The only Mexican food you could find was pretty much Taco Bell. And uh, was Taco Villa open yet? I not I don't remember. Yeah. There might have been in some you know parts of the city, but um, all that was around Overland Park, Prairie Village, you know, this area was uh, you know Taco Bell and. Uh, H salt fish and chips, which is uh, to this. Oh, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there was nothing. Ethnic food here in the 70s uh, was pretty much non-existent. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's, we were in L.A. for 20 some years, but we moved back here and it's changed a lot. I mean, there's there are actual restaurants owned by actual people from the country that purport <laughs> to make the food. And uh, yeah, it makes a big difference when... Uh, when the Mexican restaurant is owned by actual Mexican people instead of some 
you know, Leewood lawyer, right. whose, uh, whose <laughs> teenage white kids are trying to rustle up some refried beans to make their abuela proud, you know. So, uh, Where did you go to high school? Did you go to— uh... I went to uh, Shawnee Mission South. Okay. I, I, uh, I went to uh, Somerset Elementary School, which was over on Belinder in Prairie Village, and that was bulldozed a few years ago. And then I went to, uh, for one year, seventh grade, I went to Meadowbrook. Well, I went to, well, back then we called it junior high. Now it's middle mm-hmm. school. I went to Nallwood, Nallwood, Nallwood Junior High. And they combined that with trail, Trails Wood trail, Junior yeah. High or something. And now they call it Indian Woods something. So, anyway, or Indian Creek. Yeah, the Indian Creek, they combined with Nallwood, and now it's Indian Woods. Anyway, but um, that's still there. Uh, Did you spend a lot of time at Metcalf South Mall? Oh, man. Oh, I cannot count the hours I spent, you know, cruising the mall. That was the hangout place yeah. man, back then, man. But, uh, but I went to Shawnee Mission South for um, high school and then KU, and here I am. But, uh, but yeah, that, uh, I, I don't know. Have they started bulldozing Metcalf South yet? It's almost, it's completely gone. Except, You're kidding. You know, yeah, I did, I did the documentary Metcalf South Memories a couple of years ago. Oh, man. And I got to shoot inside it on its last While day. While it was dead? Yeah. Oh, see, I got to see that because that, that was my hangout place, man. They let us in on the last weekend it was open for every, or the last weekend before they started tearing it down. So this, they, was, this was, when did they start doing that? It was last, a year ago this time. I can't, you know, I never go down that part of Metcalf. Yeah. So and there's the, nothing there now? The only thing that's left is Sears, or what used to wow. be Sears. And everything else is gone, and there's going to be, a, there's a Lowe's they just built on top of the old Metcalf on the, house. On the <laughs> rubble. <laughs> right. It's kind of hard to park because of all the chunks of concrete, but yeah. You <laughs> right. can get no, it was, uh, man, that was the place, you know. We we would, uh, you know, hang out and, and you know, just wander around because there really wasn't a whole lot to do. And there was a, uh, on the back side, let's see, it would have been the south, the south side of Metcalf South. There was a little pizza place just tucked on the bottom called Kelso's. Yeah. And I actually got hired at Kelso's because I had worked at Minsky's. So clearly that qualified <laughs> me to work at any pizza place. And, um, of course, back then the Minsky's was at 103rd and Metcalf in what is now the Hooters. Right. That was the Minsky's back then. Um, was that the first Minsky's? No, was, no. The first one is still, as far as I know, it's still, still down. It's like a 39th and yeah. something or other. But um, down by UMKC, I think that's the original. But the uh, this one, uh, why it bellied up, I don't know, because it's Minsky's. I, I still think Minsky's is the best pizza in town. But um, the uh, I worked there, and then I got hired at Kelso's. And, you know, I was 17 years old, six foot five, 250 pounds, you know, growing boy. And uh, they uh, unfortunately had this policy where employees could eat all they wanted. <laughs> it's it's the only, I think the only job, uh, might be the only job I was fired from. For eating too much and pizza? It was for eating too much. I, I'm not kidding. <laughs> they, the guy, they just said, you know, they didn't want to change the rule for me, but I just, you know, and I did in retrospect, you know, like, oh, here's a, you know, put in a large pizza for the customer and a small pizza for Tom. And put in a medium pizza for the customer and a sub sandwich for Tom, and uh, you know, I mean, it was oh all day long. I was wow. probably eating up half their profits. But I got to show you pictures I took. They let us in that pizza place. It had been kidding. locked since 1983. Well, then that was it. The, it. It was locked. Nobody knew where the keys were. No, and it was that big green door. With yeah. Like the, Metal handle, and I guess— Oh, my god! Yeah, and they let us in there. They, they busted down all the doors to clean everything out. Was there anything in there still? There was the—all the glasswork was still there. All the tables were there. There was even, like, condiments still on the table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully just salt and pepper. The oven was still there. 
Now, see, that's crazy. Those things are th- even used. Those are thousands yeah. of bucks. Yeah. And they just bulldozed it? I think so. Wow. I asked around. I said, are, what, are you guys going to do an auction? Because there was everything was still yeah. left in there. And they're like, no, we're just going to. Wow. It. Yeah, because those pizza ovens, uh, if the, those old, especially the big old industrial ones like they used to have, those things are uh, those worth their weight in pizza dough. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but uh, tacos, like I said, when I was a kid, it was the, the occasional Taco Bell. What about Chi-Chi's? No, nope, Chi-Chi's around? No, nope, not, not that I recall. I mean, I left, basically I left Overland Park when I was 17 and went to Lawrence to go to KU and really didn't come back. I mean, I, I, I graduated from KU, went straight to Chicago. Is that where you first started? <laughs> yeah. Well, started. you guys started doing voiceover here. Well, I sh- and then- yeah, I was getting local stuff and some regional stuff out of Kansas City and then moved to uh, Chicago when I graduated and uh, started getting national stuff in Chicago. But I always wanted to do cartoons. Yeah. And... Um, you know, there's only the only place that those exist, uh, obviously, is Los Angeles and in the United States. Uh, there's some in Canada. There's a little bit of uh, anime dubbing that's done down in Texas, Austin, Texas, I think. But um, but if you want to get into anything like mainstream animation, this you know, LA's it, and it's still that way. So um, you know, that was the ultimate destination. But but oh, I'll tell you though, man, taco wise, when I got to Chicago, that was a whole nother world. <laughs> Oh my! I had my first, uh, you know, gyro, the Greek sandwich. I I, uh, I was introduced to Greek food and and uh, you know what uh, what apparently I had been eating around here that was supposedly Italian food <laughs> apparently was not Italian food because when I had it in Chicago, it's like, oh, is this what it's supposed to taste like? But uh, yeah, same thing with uh, you know. Suddenly the, we lived, uh, you know, we rode the the L in and out of. Uh, for those of you in Kansas City who don't know what an L is, it's the elevated railway, otherwise known as a you know subway system that's not low ground. Um, but the, uh, we lived right a hundred feet away from this, uh, restaurant called, uh, something Lindo, Lindo Mexico. And, uh, you know, the first time I was there, I had some salsa and I was like, this tastes, something's wrong with this stuff. What is, this salsa is really weird. Well, it had this really strange thing called cilantro in it. <laughs> so, which if actually the first time I tried it, I was like, I'm not eating this. It tastes yeah. like soap or something. Well, of course, you know, I'm yeah. a major cilantro fan now, but, um, but man, we just we must have eaten there twice a week when we could afford it because it was suddenly like you know, oh, you know, it was like there's ah, oh, this is what Mexican food supposed to taste like. But, when but, you lived out in L.A., did you have a favorite Mexican restaurant? Oh, absolutely, or tacos? yeah, absolutely. There was a um, a place called uh, Poquito Mas, which means a little bit more, and um, there's not a lot of them, maybe a dozen of them in in the L.A. area. They're not franchised; it's all family owned. The closest thing you can find outside of L.A. to it is Baja Fresh. Okay. Um, Baja Fresh is is pretty comparable, but in L.A., Poquito Mas is still considered better. The And it blew my mind. We moved back here, you know, 12 years ago or whenever we got back, and we discovered uh, uh, Town Center, you know, over at 119th, which, you know, didn't exist when I left. And they had Baja Fresh. Yeah, well, it was closed. Oh, yeah, it closed down pretty <clears throat> it fast. It had a big yeah. old—and I'm like, what? And honestly, I felt—I I kind of felt this sort of—I heard this sort of peal of doom <laughs> going, wait a minute. Oh, no. If this place doesn't like Baja Fresh, uh, <laughs> this is not good. But, uh, yeah, it, it, but, but yeah, Paquito Mas to me was, was the best because it—I uh, mean, it was just ridiculously fresh. Everything was fresh. If you ordered a, you know, a steak— burrito or, or taco or stuff they literally threw the you know stuff on the grill right in front of you and yeah. chopped it up you know you could actually order it through you know i'd like a medium rare <laughs> okay and, but there's a fortunately in kansas city there's a there's several places i've had that are just 
terrific. I mean, it's, well, again, the duh, because they're actual, you know, Hispanic people that know how to actually cook the food and uh, and are doing so. But, but yeah, no, I, I, this is great. I'm glad you're introducing me to some fun stuff. Uh, you asked me earlier if I'd been to uh, uh, K Macho's, and I said no. But uh, before we started the show, I looked it up online at some pictures, and I, I have been there one oh, okay. time. Um, Did you go to the Olathe one? Or yes. The, okay. The, the one Olathe is just a, a couple miles from here, and um, it's where I believe you went. Yeah. And yeah, I did because um, I have a, um, a, a, a adopted daughter who's uh, Hispanic, and the first time um, we went out, you know, as a family to to a Mexican restaurant because she was, I think, fourteen, fourteen or fifteen when she joined our family. We went to this Mexican restaurant, and she kind of was just looking at us like, really. <laughs> This is not uh, really, and uh, so th- I think it was about a year ago. She was like, "Hey, there's this place at Olathe. We're gonna go there because I ate there, and it's it's really it's the real McCoy." So yeah. uh, uh, we did, and she uh, she was right. It was re- it was like being back in Los Angeles. There's a there's a few places I found in in the area that are very authentic. Uh, Camachos, uh, Mi Ranchito. Those are the two that stick in my mind the most. But I'm you know I'm sure there's a million more. You know the changing demographics. Kansas yeah. City actually. Has you know Mexican people now and Hispanic people now, and and that that's just not the way it used to be when I was a kid for sure. I've read a couple of uh, articles with your origin story, with your voiceover origin story about you listening to the radio or watching TV as a as a kid and saying I can do that. Can you recount your origin story for us? Well, when I, you first discovered your voice and said, "Hey, I want to do voiceover work," I you know I'm I was. Uh, Apparently, a good mimic from birth. I mean, I, I used to wander around and try to talk like my grandpa, who was from German Germany, and uh, he would cuss at the TV, watching Len Dawson, you know, fumble a ball back in 1960, whatever. And I'd repeat whatever he was saying in German, which got a laugh. But um, you know, when I got older, um, you know, I would I w- today, if, you know, if I was a grade schooler today, they'd have me on Ritalin or Adderall or something up to my eyeballs. I mean, I I was uh, the poster child for you know what was eventually called ADD. Didn't have a name back then. My my first grade teacher, Mrs. Arnold, I still remember her name. Poor Miss, I, I made that woman insane, I'm sure. But Mrs. Arnold, on more than one occasion, had to tie me to my chair with jump ropes. Oh she literally pulled the jump ropes out of the back closet <laughs> and would tie. I don't think that would fly real well today. No. But, but, uh, but I needed it. I'll, I'll, anyway, but yeah, I, um, you know, I was doing silly voices and getting laughs, and that was good feedback for me. And, you know, when as I, as I got older in grade school, led to middle school, I would just come home and, you know, back then, the there were three TV stations in Kansas City when when Channel Forty One opened up. That was like a, a you know oh, another one of those because uh, you know they were literally just broke. They were only on the air from two in the afternoon to like midnight, wow. and they showed pretty much for the whole afternoon and into the evening just reruns of Warner Brothers cartoons, <laughs> just anything they get for free. I mean, t- today they'd just be lifting crap off of YouTube <laughs> right. and, and putting it on there. But um, but so I started watching. I actually, saw, I, I saw most of my life's work worth of uh, you know Warner Brothers cartoons and stuff after school on Channel yeah. Forty One and. I, you know, I just started trying to mimic some of the voices, which, of course, were on Mel Blank, and nobody really could do Mel the way Mel could. But And, and the same TV station, they started running uh, – they were just there was reruns. It was all I Love Lucy and, and uh, stuff from the 60s and 50s. And um, some of the most amazing character actors 
ever, you know, were in those old shows because they all came out of vaudeville and, and burlesque and, and uh, you know, and, you know, these people, you know, to be a character actor back then on stage on a, like a touring company, which is where they all came from, Bob Hope, Bing Crosby, yeah. Lucille Ball, all these people started out doing like traveling burlesque shows. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't have microphones. They didn't have amplifiers. They didn't have speakers. So they'd play at a place like the Midland Theater. You know, they'd come down to their song and dance review. Well, to be heard, they had to project mm-hmm. up into the rafters. So if you were a character actor doing a, a character, you couldn't just go, uh, go, uh, yeah, well, uh, you know, me and the guys, uh, we're going to clip that joint tomorrow afternoon. You had to go, yeah, me and the guys, we're going to clip that joint tomorrow afternoon. You know, it had to be just bigger than life and crazy. Well, those people are the same ones that started doing early television. Well, they didn't change the characters any because they didn't know how. It didn't occur to them that, oh, wait, there's a microphone there. I don't have to. So the characters were just ridiculously bigger than life. So that's what I was imitating. You know, I was like going, this guy's, these voices and these people are just crazy and wonderful. So I was just mimicking, you know, what I heard. And they, uh, and apparently I was doing a pretty good job of it. And uh, so one day I was bored. It was 1977. Um, it was, let me think. It was about, gosh, not not far from now because it was just about a week after Star Wars opened, uh, which was May 25th, 1977. So, yeah, probably like two or three weeks from, you know, from now, uh, plus 21 years, uh, 31, 41 <coughs> years. And, um, you know, it was Kansas City, 105 degree weather and smuggy and all that stuff. And I, you know, again, there's no internet, no, you know, and uh, I just thought, It'd be fun to hear myself on on radio or TV because all the local uh, commercials all sounded exactly the same yeah. because they're all voiced by FM disc, disc jockeys. Right. Yeah. And, and to an extent, that's still true. But fortunately, nowadays the <laughs> FM disc jockeys are more talented than they used to be. <laughs> um, and uh, I just, you know, I knew I did all these silly voices, and I thought, you know, it'd be fun to hear something different on on television and radio. And I had no idea anybody got paid for it. You know, I just thought it'd be fun to hear myself as a British butler or French chef or something instead of the, you know, this Saturday at the Waterman Gallery, come on down for 25, be there, 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 you know, which is the way everything was. And um, so I got out the yellow pages. For those of you under the age of 40, ask your parents what a yellow pages is. But anyway, I got out the yellow pages and would look up, you know, the Waterbed Gallery or whatever and call and, and, uh, and, you know, of course, I had no tact at all. It'd be like, uh, hi, my name's Tom, and I saw your commercial for the Waterbed Gallery, and boy, did it suck. And um, <laughs> How old were you? Uh, oh, like I was 15. 15? And I was like, well, I, you know, and I can do better. Uh, if you, I've got all these silly— And, of course, I got usually about that far before someone I click. You know, because— And your voice was already well, pretty yeah, deep? Well, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I sounded like an adult. Yeah. Um, you know, I was kind of putting on my big fake voice. <laughs> hi, this is Tom Gay. And— um, and, of course, they were hanging up on me because I was insulting their cherished <laughs> first TV commercial. But one day I called the American Cancer Society because they had a public service announcement on there, and I didn't know what a PSA was. I just said, commercial. And it was absolutely horrid. I, I actually remember later on saying, you know, it sounded like you took one of those Radio Shack tape cassette recorders and stuck it in front of the secretary and said, here, read this. Well, it kind of it turned out that's pretty much what they actually did. So uh, I called up, and, and of course the woman didn't even know what I was talking about. But then an hour later, though, my phone rang, and it was uh, at that point I think it I, I want to say Bernstein Rain, which mm-hmm. which uh, 
Might have been Valentine Radford, but I think it was Bernstein. Back then, back then it was Bernstein, Rain, and Boesberg. Mm-hmm. But um, they were doing the pro bono work for the American Cancer Society, which is what I'd seen. And they thought I was an adult and a real voiceover guy. And and I was willing to – like, man, yeah, we've got like the big summer thing coming up on Thursday. We're going to record and we had no idea what we were going to do. And boy, we'd sure love to have something that sounded a little better and different. We understand you're willing to donate some voiceover work. Well, donate went right over my head. Voiceover <laughs> work, I like – I never heard that term, but I'm like voiceover. Well, okay, I guess that's what it was. So I had my daddy drive me down, you know. And, of course, they walk up to my dad. And he's like, no. And he points over at me. And I'm this pimply-faced, you know, 15-year-old, my fringy cut-off jeans and my Stan Smith tennis shoes that are stained green from cutting lawns for two bucks a pop. And the guy was like, have you ever done this before? And I'm like, well, no. But I can't sound any worse than what you had. And uh, the engineer's getting me set up. And I can see through the glass. This poor guy's just getting his ass chewed because— you know, they've rented this thing and the studio, you know, this ad agency's eating it all. And, yeah. And uh, the creative director's in there yelling at him. And <laughs> and, uh, and the engineer uh, kind of nods at me through the glass. And, and I say, um, did you want this in some kind of accent? And the, the creative director hits the talk back and goes, what? Because I, I didn't know the term dialect. I said, I was thinking this would sound good as the the Pepperidge Farms guy. Well, back then the Pepperidge, the spokesman for Pepperidge Farms was this guy who sounded like he was in his seventies from New England, and of course, you know, again, I'm fifteen. I and remember guy, that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the uh, creative director gets to talk back in. He goes, "What well, you can talk like a seventy-some-year-old man from New England?" I'm like, "Yeah, can't ever, duh, can't ever." And he goes, "Well, let's let's hear that." So I went, every weekend, a couple dozen Kansas City families have a couple dozen garage sales. But on July 1st and 2nd, a thousand Kansas City families are going to have just one garage sale. A very big garage sale. Anyway, well, there, now I know what date it was. It was because the thing was July 1st and 2nd, oh, so go, I yeah. must have been in the beginning of July, <laughs> yeah. uh, in, May, in May. So anyway, um, I look up and the engineer kind of goes, that was a 29 on the nose, which is perfect. <laughs> and it was just a coincidence. That's awesome. But it looked like I was, you know, rocking the thing. And, yeah. Uh, and suddenly they're all smiles, and we in a, in a work rate. And then in the in the week later, though, the same agency called and hired me to do six Screen Actors Guild TV spots. And the same thing happened. You know, my dad's there, and they're like suddenly, well, uh, we're gonna have to have him sign the contracts. Some contracts, what? But yeah. And my dad goes over. He looks up, and he goes, "Tommy, they're paying you for this." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, you know, again, this is 1977. Yeah. I'm 15. I'm thinking, what, 20 bucks?" He asked 10 lawns, and uh, and he goes, oh, they're paying you a lot. And I'm thinking, what, 50 bucks? And I said, well, how much are they paying me? And he goes, he goes they're paying you $1,200. And I, I swear to God, Dave, my, my brain couldn't wrap around that. I, I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, well, is it 12 or is it 100? And then I went, oh, my God, I'm getting a car because I was turning 60. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, so that's exactly what happened. 72 Ford Gran Torino, I might have. Nice. 454 with it. No, <laughs> when did the cartoon work start and uh, some of the work with Lucasfilm? Well, I was uh, I was in Chicago for a couple of years and realized I was able to compete, you know, in the commercial world. And most of what I was booking were character voices. And I was dealing with a uh, an agent in Los Angeles because uh, I was actually hiring talent from L.A. because I was working for my day job at an ad agency, Ogilvy & Mather in Chicago. So when they needed celebrity talent, or I needed celebrity talent, I was dealing with this guy. And I told him what I was doing, and he said, well, send me a demo. 
So I just were, you know, laid down a few same same Radio Shack cassette recorder. <laughs> I just sent him a few uh, commercials I'd recorded uh, while I was in Chicago, and, by, and like I said, by now they were national network. You know, I was Mounds and Almond Joy candy bars and Hellman's and Best Foods mayonnaise and. Playboy magazine, which was a lot of fun at the time, because I had to go by the office and <laughs> look through their old issues. It was terrible, but um, and he called he called me back. His name was Curry Walls, and he worked for Marty Ingalls and Associate. Marty Ingalls just died a couple weeks ago, apparently. Uh, but he, uh, I when I was out there shooting some something, I went in and talked to him, and they said, uh, "Yeah, you can make a living at this." And I went, "Okay." And because uh, it was January in Chicago and it was 10 below zero and I went back home, my wife and I, I, I said, you ever been to L.A.? She goes, yeah. I said, you want to move there? She goes, yeah. <laughs> so we did. And uh, yeah, two weeks later, I, I got an agent and then I landed the Chrysler Plymouth account doing uh, commercials and, and I was off to the races. So, But that's where, you know, but the same agents that rep you for commercials in L.A., they represent you for cartoons. So mm-hmm. they found out I did all the silly voices and. I started auditioning, and uh, one thing led to another, and here I am. When did you start doing Yoda? Was that on Clone Wars? No, oh no, long before that. Long before I, that. I actually, um, I actually started doing random voices for uh, Lucasfilm's game division uh, in the mid '90s, when when games just started existing, and. The, the very, I think it was on the very first one they ever did. It was, and it wasn't a Star Wars property. It was called the Dig, D-I-G, and it had some weird archaeology theme with ghosts and I don't know what else. Because George didn't want, you know, because no video game. What is that? You know, what are these computer games? No, no one had any idea what the hell that was about or what it was going to do. And George didn't want the first their first foray into the world of this strange new thing to be a Star Wars title in yeah. case it bombed. Right. So they did this thing called The Dig, and and, and I, I don't know. I, it may have been good or bad. I have no idea. And um, But it was good enough that they the next one was a, the first Star Wars game. Well, I'd worked on The Dig, and the same director brought me in to do some miscellaneous, you know, like TIE Fighter Pilot Number 3. Mm-hmm. And um, I kept doing stuff for them just, and, you know, on on just like I said, miscellaneous characters, and they knew I was a good mimic. And all the original Star Wars people, though, they were all in in, in uh, London. Right. Well, back then there was no technology. You couldn't just patch someone in from London back then. They, they were actually, you know, having to fly people all the way to London from Los Angeles and record them in the studio, fly back with a reel to reel tape. You know, it was just ridiculous. And. um so they were just finding people in L.A. that could do, you know, a half-assed Jabba or a half-assed, you know, Tarkin or whatever. <laughs> and uh, I just was one of the people they started. I mean, I always joke that I was I was, uh, uh, I was, was uh, Boba Fett back when Boba Fett was British and not a Kiwi. No, no, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they uh, – one day I was uh, – I don't remember what game we were working on. Uh, there were some C-3PO lines. And I just – you know, started reading them because I did a pretty decent 3PO. And uh, everybody, you know, voiceover people, we do that. We see lines for Donald Duck and we'll try to, you know, <laughs> we just, it's you know, so you put a quarter in the machine and we talk. <laughs> so I was trying to read, you know, the lines as Darth Vader and C-3PO and Yoda and whatever else was in the script uh, just as I was going through it to find my lines. And um, what I didn't know was that, you know, again, Anthony was off, probably shooting another movie, I don't know. And uh, 
there was no way to get a hold of. I don't know what it was, but they they uh, apparently had needed a three PO for whatever the next game was, and they played it for George, and he said, "Yeah, sounds like him to me." So suddenly, I found myself doing three PO, which was here. I've got a little tin can. I hear him. Hello, I'm C three PO, Human Cyborg Relations, and this is my counterpart R two D two. Shut up, Ardu. I'm doing talk of the town. Oh dear, no, you can't have a taco. Because you're a machine, you bloody git. Oh, anyway, but uh, <laughs> and about a year later, though, the same thing happened with Yoda. There were some uh, lines that I assumed Frank Oz was going to do, and Frank had become a successful director, and he was off shooting. Uh, I think it was Three Men and a Baby or something in New York. And the same thing. There was no technology to patch someone in. Right. And of course, you know, the guy's directing a major feature film for Disney at the time. He, I doubt he was going to take a break. You know, from directing a movie to to go over and do lines for yeah. some other director, but uh, same thing happened. They recorded me doing Yoda, and I didn't even know they'd done it, and uh, played it for George. And I, I was told later that his, my entire audition to be Yoda twenty five years ago was they played thirty seconds of what I'd been goofing around with, and his entire oh, response great. was, "Yeah, he sounds okay. Use him." <laughs> And that was, you know, <laughs> 25 years ago. And uh, I've been I've been Yoda for almost everything since. I mean, F- Frank has come out of retirement to do a line here or there, but pretty much it's been me. Um, what about 3PO? Do you— uh, I, not, I don't do that much anymore because <clears throat> An- Anthony decided a few years ago that he wanted to, to start doing it again. Yeah. I mean, he, he kind of— uh, He kind of got to the point where he said he didn't want to do anything unless it was, you know, a feature film. And and I get that because you know there was no money involved, and I once you get to the point where you're freaking Anthony Daniels and you're freaking three PO, you know you're not going to take the five hundred bucks to do something. And of course, I'm a voiceover <laughs> whore, so I'll do anything for five hundred bucks. But um, uh, yeah, sure. So you know, once the TV series and stuff started getting popular and stuff, I, Anthony came back out of uh, out of the uh, suit and has done a lot of it. But I, you know, every once in a while, I'll do a little bit and piece here and there. But it's it's still pro- mostly him nowadays. The Yoda, though, I do a ton of that still. Yeah. A lot of stuff for Disney and the parks and TV game, toys and TV shows. And, and, uh, and of course, I'm Akbar now. I have been for a couple years. Yeah, I was <clears> going <throat> to ask you about Akbar. He passed away in The Last Jedi. Yeah. Which you were voicing. Finally, in the got, on the, finally got on a feature film. I mean, a lot of fans are upset about his death. Yeah. What do you I, think about Oh, that? well, I was too, as yeah. a fan. And as a performer. He kind of, you kind of just heard about it off screen that he well, passed away. Well, that, that, yeah, and that's unfortunate because a lot of fans were a little upset about it because, you know, he deserved better yeah. send-off than that because that really was very dismissive. It's like, oh, by the way, Akbar said, oh, what's for lunch? <laughs> oh, wait, we're going to have lobster? Oh, that's inappropriate. <laughs> but give me some. Hey, can you pass the garlic butter? <laughs> wait a minute. I would have liked to have seen him have a heroic moment. Well, there was definitely a lot. I can tell you this, having been the guy that recorded it. There was a lot. There was a bit more dialogue. Oh, okay. Uh, There was quite a bit more shot, uh, a whole lot more shot. And uh, it just just couldn't make the final cut because they, when they they did their first rough cut, it was like 45 minutes too long. Right. And it still is the longest Star Wars movie ever made. So they bet they had to go through with just a chainsaw and cut out literally everything that wasn't nailed down. So unfortunately, Akbar's much better demise <laughs> uh, was on the cutting room floor. So who knows? We'll see. Maybe maybe they'll resurrect it uh, someday for a special edition or something because the footage is there. Battlefront Two. You can still play. Oh yeah, as Akbar. Yeah, with your voice. Right? Battlefront. Battlefront Two. Yeah. Um, there's a. 
actually a couple of things that are coming out in the next year or so that I can't discuss, but Akbar's not entirely dead. Good, yes. good. So is it true that you were handpicked by Stanley Kubrick to do the voice of HAL 9000? Yeah, pretty much. Um, what happened was um, the— uh, Was it for a TV commercial? It or? was. It, the, uh, the copyright for t- 2001 A Space Odyssey was a weird project. It didn't start off as a book and then become a movie. It started off as a movie. And when um, they wrote the screenplay, it was um, Stanley Kubrick and Arthur C. Clarke, yep. the science fiction god, yep. wrote it together. Well, I can guarantee you 90% of it was Arthur C. Clarke <laughs> and not Stanley Kubrick. But nonetheless, they shared copyright ownership 50-50. And as the years went by, uh, they got tons of offers to do anything from toys to games to commercial, anything to use Hal and Arthur C. Clarke being a, you know, a, a successful but semi-starving uh, author was like, oh, yes, I'll take that. Wait, they're, they're offering a hundred pounds. Oh, I'll do it. Yeah. Sell the bastard. And, uh, of course, Kubrick was like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. It's Hal. No. Um, so uh, nothing ever happened, ever, with Hal. And the ad agency, Shiat Day, which was the ad agency for uh, Apple Computer, came up with this idea to use HAL, to resurrect HAL, to make fun of the Y2K bug that the PCs had because Macs were not mm-hmm. Macs were immune to the Y2K bug, which they at the time thought was going to bring about the end of Western right. civilization. <laughs> and um, so uh, I, thought, you know, I thought it was a stroke of genius saying, well, okay, let's, let's pretend as though, you know, what else would HAL be but a, I bet a PC, a Windows <laughs> PC, not, not a Mac. So uh, they tried contacting Stanley Kubrick through whatever normal channels. He wouldn't even return their calls. Gosh. I mean, nothing, nothing. Just like, like they fell into a black hole. And apparently what happened was, I, I, it might have been Steve Jobs himself. It was somebody pretty huge. It might have been Jobs. Actually got on a plane, went to Kubrick's flat in London or wherever, knocked on the damn door and said, hi, I'd like to talk to Stanley. And uh it took something that ridiculous, and then when they explained what it was and what Kubrick, for whatever reason, said okay. But the guy that did How couldn't wasn't he was alive? He actually, I believe he's might still be alive. He's one hundred and twelve or something. Wow! It was actually his uh, How. His name was Douglas Rain, and he it was his birthday just recently. And uh, I, 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 well, illness, you know. Whatever happens to people when they get old mentally, uh, you know, I think there was some of that going on. I anyway, yeah. but he was just unable to do it mm-hmm. anymore. Didn't sound like him for a variety of reasons. So they needed to find a howl, and Kubrick was like, well, unless you find something that's pretty damn good, that's it's not happening. And he said, you know, of course, he had to pick it. So they auditioned. I was told that over 300 guys around the world, and for whatever reason, he thought mine was the best. And the, the funny part is I listen to it now and it's like, a, I kind of cringe because I'm like going, eh, it was okay. And my hell's way better now than it was back then. Anyway, this is the, uh, we're coming up on the 50th anniversary of 2001 A Space Odyssey. And so there've been a couple other hell things I've done, but I can't talk about them. Oh, okay. Not cool. till, not till the end of the year. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, I've had, a, I've had a couple of reasons to practice my hell, let's say. Well, that's cool. I'll yeah, that. so that that's definitely one of my list of cool things. If you go to my website, that's on my cool things <laughs> tab on my. No, it actually did. Yeah, I think on you're my right, website yeah. it just says I've got commercials and, and trailers and promo, <laughs> and then it says cool stuff, and I think that's up there. Well, Morgan you know what? We just I, I, you know, here I'm talking about how I'm here. Oh yeah. Good morning, Commander Bowman. 
You're looking well today. I'm a HAL 9000 computer. I was activated on January 1st, you know, Urbana, Illinois. I understand we're going to be trying some tacos, Dave. You know, I'm not able to do that, Dave. <laughs> you like your tacos better than me, don't you, Dave? <laughs> anyway, but... What about your Morgan Freeman? Morgan, yes. Yeah, isn't that... I mean, you, you do yeah, it so well that it's, <laughs> Well, that's another one yeah. of those bizarre things yeah. that this white guy from Kansas <laughs> is doing ADR work for an 85-year-old black man, but... No, I, I, it was an accident. I just, I, I was doing some promos for ESPN, and to make it doubly awkward. Um, was he sitting right next no, to you? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was, they, 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 uh, they said they wanted a smoky old sort of jazz, you know, musician. So they said, picture some dude up on a stage in a smoky club back in the 50s, and he's, you know, and he's suddenly narrating promos <laughs> for ESPN. And, uh, so I thought, well, I'm thinking, you know, f- cool jazz club. I'm like, well, that's equally likely to be a white guy as a black guy. So I gave him two versions of the script. One was white and one was black. And I get booked. I'm like, okay. So I go to the session and I walk in and, and there's 15 people in there. So, you know, engineers and creative people. And it's a big humana humana that's going on. And uh, because they're apparently spending a fortune on these things. And finally, after standing there for a minute, the engineer looks up and says, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm here to, for the session for ESPN. And they're like, what? What are, you, what, are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm the voiceover guy. And it was like the record scratch. They, <laughs> and suddenly this dead silence and this entire large room of, of people is staring at me. And the guy goes, you're, you're Tom Kane? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you're the guy that, the, the, I'm like, yeah. And then I went, oh, you wanted the black guy. And they're like, well, we, we, uh, I said, oh, well, okay. I, well, I don't care. To me, it's all just a voice, just voices. I'm just character voices. But if that's, you know, if you're weird, that weirds you out, then that's fine. I understand. And they're like, well, uh, no, because client really liked what you did and whatever. And so, okay, that's cool. So I get in there and we're, you know, about take three, all of a sudden, one of the people hits the talk back and they go, do you have any idea how much you sound like Morgan Freeman? <laughs> and I went, I do? And in that moment, I sort of, I'm like, well, I ran it. And I actually then tried to read it a little more and they were like, oh, like, oh, man. But they're like, we can't do that. <laughs> it's true. It's, uh, so we did. And I changed my voice so it didn't sound like him. But after that, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I can do Morgan Freeman. But, you know, I've, I've been really, really careful about it over the years because yeah. I get, you know, word got out and I, there's, there's a dozen guys around the country that try to sell themselves. They're like, why pay, there's some moron that was in Florida that was actually like, why pay money to hire Morgan Freeman? I'll do it for $10. And I was like, I actually sent him an email because I'm like, do you, do you want to get sued into the ground? Because they'll do it, believe me. But um, no, I actually had a talk with Morgan's agent at William Morris and and because uh, uh, they thought, uh, one of the, some of the stuff they were hearing was me, and I said no. Yeah. I said first of all, I don't need the three hundred dollars to rip off Morgan Freeman for God's right. sake. And second of all, I don't need a lawsuit from you and Morgan Freeman. So you know, I limit myself to any uh, to doing his projects. If if it's if it's uh, something they need for like a movie trailer or or a you know something after the you know ADR work to replace a line of dialogue like with you know. Um, 
The only other exceptions I do are if it's a parody, like Robot Chicken or something. Right. But again, I, I will only do that if it's not something insulting. Yeah. You know, I can't, can't be making fun of Morgan. Right. It can just be Morgan making fun of something else. But, but yeah, I've, I've, um, <clears throat> let's see. The temperature is now 75 below zero, and a number of the penguin chicks do not survive the night. And me and the camera crew discover that, yes, indeed, penguin tastes like chicken. So, <laughs> yeah, it's very silly. So, every episode of Taco the Town, I like to check the taco news of the week. Yeah. It's called the Taco Ticker. The Stoston. <laughs> so, let's check the Taco Ticker. So, Taco Ticker story number one Taco Bell was recently voted America's number one Mexican restaurant. What? In a survey. The fast food chain beat out Chipotle and Moe's Southwest Grill to win brand of the year for the first time since Harris launched its Equitrend study 30 years ago. It measures the overall health of a brand by asking consumers questions based on three variables, familiarity, quality, and future consideration. This year, Taco Bell surpassed Chipotle and Moe's Southwest Grill, the latter of which was the brand of the year in 2016 and 2017. Other choices on the list were Cadoba, Baja Fresh, and Del Taco. So what do you think of Taco Bell being <laughs> number one Mexican restaurant in the U.S.? Well, because I'm hoping they'll hire me again someday. <laughs> <laughs> As they have in the past. Um, <laughs> those new chalupas are delicious. <laughs> those chalupas are delicious. Funny you should mention that, Dave. Um, I was just going to talk about the new chalupa gordita crunch. No, I uh, I mean, I like Taco Bell. I, 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 I love Taco Bell, but I don't consider, I don't go to Taco Bell when I have a craving for Mexican food. Taco Bell to me is tasty fast food, but I don't. Think of it as Mexican food. I know it. I mean, that's obviously what they sell it as. But you know, uh, it's it's like I don't. You know, if I, if I'm in the mood for a steak, I, I'm not going to go to Arby's. Right. You know, and or if I want some real barbecue, I'm not going to go to Arby's. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, it it's. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, mean South, it's, it's, Moe's it's, Southwest it's, Grill and Chipotle are, yeah, that, are they're closer to see, what? That blows my mind. I mean, Chipotle it lost to Taco Bell. See, again, you have, I, nothing surprises me anymore because the vast majority of the people that live in the world don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. So, <laughs> you know, they couldn't find their butt with both hands, as they <laughs> say. And uh, so, you know, I, I suspect that 50% of the people that responded to that survey had probably never actually eaten in a real Mexican restaurant. So. Yeah. Probably didn't know, or they live in Alaska and have, have only seen Mexican people on TV. And like, they're hanging out at the Blockbuster. In yeah. Alaska. Oh, look, it's George Lopez again. He's eating a Taco Bell, so it must be good. So yeah. I guess they're saying that it's they think Chipotle lost its standing because of the foodborne illnesses. Oh, and the- a little E. coli goes a long way, doesn't it? <laughs> but Ch- the, I guess the CEO of Taco Bell was just hired to be the new CEO of Chipotle. Well, the, oh, that could be really good or bad. Yeah. I'm not sure which. But uh, well, Chipotle ran. You know, their problem was is they. You know, the best article I read on that whole debacle was that that whole fresh, locally sourced thing that they were selling forever, which you notice has evaporated. That's what came and bit them in the butt. I mean, because you know, love or hate Taco Bell, they've figured out how to not get people sick. You know, it's like if you get tomatoes chopped tomatoes for, from Taco Bell, they do that at one factory where they control the quality. They ship them in hermetically sealed bags, 
And they get there the next day to all the restaurant Taco Bells around the country. So if there's a problem, they know exactly where it came from. Well, you're sourcing your tomatoes from 53 different farmers. You're not entirely sure which yeah. one's the problem. Right. And you can't control quality at 53 different farmers. So right. that's, anyway. All right, so taco ticker story number two. This is a, a taco time machine story. This is a story from way back in 1999. <laughs> Charmin, the way back machine to 1999. <laughs> oh, hey, Mr. Peabody. <laughs> we could do a new segment called <laughs> This Week in Taco History on this one. So, this week in taco history. <laughs> this took place when I was attending the University of Kansas. KU football player suspended after Taco Bell incident. This happened in November of 1999. This took place when the Chalupa first came out. Dion Rayford, an 11-year starter on the 1999 KU football team, faces charges related to an early morning incident at a Lawrence Taco Bell. An angry Kansas football player got stuck in the drive through window of the Taco Bell after he tried to crawl through it and get to food servers who forgot the Chalupa, a taco-like product, <laughs> in his takeout order. Wait, wait, wait. He was six foot three and he weighed 260 pounds. Wait, did you say, wait, did you say KU? Hero? Yes. Let's see if we can. There we go. Oh, nice. <laughs> a, little, a little sound effect there. So he got stuck in the 14 by 46 inch window and they couldn't get him out after they forgot his chalupa. The employees ran into a safe room and locked themselves in the office. This took place at 2 a.m. Police arrived and drew their guns and told the player to drop the chalupa. I, I wonder if maybe he just was a little munchified. Uh, yeah, yeah, 2 in the morning needed the time. Yeah, he'd, he'd been up uh, studying. A lot of late <laughs> night studying there. Uh-huh. So they, re- they released him, but the conditions were that he not return to Taco Bell. <laughs> Ever again. Ever again. Have you ever had a mix-up of this magnitude in a drive through not, not that made you want to crawl through no, it. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, I'm gonna have to say no. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I mean, now there was a place called Joe's Donuts in Lawrence that oh, at three yeah. in the morning. Now that I might have crawled through the window for, but uh, yeah, they were uh, they were like uh, Krispy Kreme before <laughs> there was Krispy Kreme. They, I wish that place was still open. That was such a popular. I you know I'd love to know what happened between the time I left KU. And then took my kids back to, you know, to go to KU and it was gone because I, something seriously happened in the world of mismanagement or something. Because that place was a gold mine. It was about the size of a bedroom. Yeah. All they did is have a, a refrigerator with a bunch of pre-made bad sandwiches and 24 hours a day of fresh donuts that came out of the fryer, dipped in that lovely heroin crack <laughs> uh, sugar glaze and thrown out the window into your bag. And, I mean, you could go there at midnight, two in the morning, three in the morning. It was packed. Yeah. So I don't know what, I don't know what. It's happened. a legend. I guess the family just decided not to keep it open uh, well, after that's the a owners retired. So. Well, it's time to revive the name. It is a legend. I'm seriously, you could yeah. open up a Joe's Donuts tomorrow in Lawrence. And yeah. there'd be there'd be a line. There'd be TV crews there. You can still see the window that oh, has the geez. paint on it and uh, the old Joe's Bakery, yeah. All right, so let's close up the taco ticker. Mm. So this is called Town of the Taco. This is where we discuss the town that the tacos are in, uh-huh. Kansas City. I've got a cup here with Kansas City topics in it. I want you to pull a topic out and we'll we'll discuss. Okay. Town of the Taco. 
Kansas City, oh, the place I love. Okay, just so you know, he actually does have an actual, <laughs> here, let me hear a little time. He's got the cup. It's got Casey on it. There it is. It's full of paper. Uh, I'm going to pull one out. Uh, uh. Favorite street in KC. Oh, man. Well, I favorite street, not just related to Kansas City, not is tacos. There, is there a street you like to drive down or a street that you love the way it looks? Well. A street name that you love? There's just a... Uh, Gosh, well, it depends because, you know, like for nostalgia, I like to go down Metcalf, old, an old uh, Overland Park because that was my old stomping grounds. Um, obviously, I don't do it very often if I didn't know that they'd bulldoze Metcalf South. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love Metcalf um, for uh, – I love getting off uh, down down uh, whatever it is, by Rainbow, going down by KU Med Center at all those uh, – all the old places, the Minsky's. 39th and the, Street, right? 39th. Yeah. Mansky's there, Jazz, the Jazz Restaurant. Um, it's a great street, yeah. At the, at the very end of it, uh, right by the uh, KU Med Center, is a Vietnamese restaurant, a Vietnam Cafe, um, which I think is still there. I haven't tried to go in a year or more, but fantastic Vietnamese food. And uh, and as Vietnamese food should be, it's it's practically free. It's like you can go in there and gorge yourself for $8. But, um, yeah, that, I just love that street because it's just – you can tell just you're driving down. It's been that way since 1939, mm-hmm. you know. And gosh, you know, there's just, uh, you know, the, of course, the plaza's got a dozen things like that that to me, you know, is growing up here. Uh, Ward Parkway, I love Ward Parkway because yeah. my grandparents used to live on Gregory Boulevard right off Ward Parkway. And to me, that's a beautiful big fountain, the big round fountain. Yeah, uh, there's a lot. Those are great streets. <coughs> Worst street in Kansas City? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would be the stretch from um, from um, goes by my house that is still a two-lane country road with no curbs and ditches on the side, which, you know, uh, when you got a bunch of teenagers out on a Saturday night, all I can think of is they're going to come home and end up in the ditch. But, uh, yeah, it's like, I think okay, they're going to be widening this, that soon, right? They better be because, yeah. like, wait, we're in the middle of the suburbs now and uh, surrounded by neighborhoods and— you, you go from four lanes like a Quivira to this two-lane country road, and someone's going to die. All right, so let's get to these tacos. We have these K Machos tacos here. It's time to put these tacos to the test. What do you say? Let's do it. Okay. Woo-hoo. Here's your sound effects. Here's the bag of chips. Mm-hmm. Salsa. Got the tacos al carbone and the Cabo shrimp tacos. Ooh, yum, yum. So I'll give you one of these. The tacos al carbone are steak. And oh. they come with sour cream, tomatoes, and guacamole. Did you want one of these? Yeah, I'll take one of those. Very cool. Yeah, that's another thing that I'd never even heard of until I, I moved to Chicago and then Los Angeles was, you know, the idea of a taco being made of anything other than meat, steak. You know, I was like, wait. You you can make a taco with fish? That's just crazy talk. <laughs> That's crazy talk. I mean, people people actually eat that? Wow. Yeah, and, and I didn't go hard shell. I wanted to do something a little different, so we don't have any mm. hard shell here. No, That's cool. Well, we got chips. Kind of describe what we're looking at here and what taco you're tasting, then we'll kind of go over the ingredients and, and how it tastes. And- well, the first thing I did was try a chip and some salsa because if the restaurant doesn't have good salsa, then they're doomed as far as I'm concerned. And this is really good. Mm. 
Yeah, it's good. Mm. It's got a nice cilantro in it, which, of course, is one of the things I love now. And um, I'm not sure the kind of pepper, but it's there's a little smokiness. What is that? An ancho? What are they? One of the ones they grill. I can't mm. remember. Ancho <laughs> I don't know. There's one that they they fire, they grill over a fire, and it gets this. That's what the little black the little black marks are there. Hmm. Yeah, great salsa. Good chips, really salty chips. I really am weird about the salsa. If if um, I sit down in a Mexican restaurant and they put something down in front of me that's the salsa is no good, it's like okay, well this is a bad start. Right. So we've got the Cabo shrimp taco first. Let's give that a try. Mmm, that's terrific. Wow. Mmm, very nice. Well, real good. I love the sauce. It's got a um, a little creamy. It's got a lot of white cheese on it. A little um, red pepper, a little green jalapeno. It looks like a little sprinkle of cilantro. But the sauce is fantastic. It's uh, I don't know what it is. It's uh, tastes like it might have a tiny bit of sour cream, a little garlic or something. But it's it's great. It's a white a white sauce, of course. Yeah. Loving the peppers, too. The peppers are really yeah, great. Not bad at all. And these are corn. Would you say these are corn? Yeah, these are corn. Corn these tortilla, corn. yeah. Yep. I'm, <clears throat> I'm usually a flour for tortilla guy, but uh, this is actually good for this. It's really good. What do you usually order when you go eat Mexican? Are you a taco guy? Are you a burrito or um, enchiladas? I don't know. It, it does vary. I mean, I, I just kind of... Sometimes I'll get like the uh, chili relleno, you know, the stuffed chilies with the cheese in the middle. Um, I also like, uh, I usually do steak, like grilled steak. If they've got a good grilled steak thing, I'll get that pretty much in whatever form they have. Quesadilla, burrito, taco. But um, I like fajitas too. Sometimes I do a fajita. But, but sometimes, like this, if I see a good... Well, it looks like a nice shrimp thing or a fish taco. I'll give it a try. This is one of the best I've had. This is great. Yeah, this is delicious. I will happily do this again. So our second taco is this, is the Taco El Carbone, which is a rolled steak taco. Oh, now, see, that's a surprise. I, I like, opened it up to, to put some of the lettuce and guacamole and stuff on it. And it's, it's just meat. Yeah. It is literally just a pile of steak rolled up in a tortilla, and you have to add the other stuff to it. Ah. And it's kind of, it's in, it's not shredded either. It's in cubes. Yeah, it's just chunks of steak. I like it. And they give you sour cream, guacamole, and lettuce. Onions. And, and onions and tomatoes. So we've had this debate on the show a lot about lettuce on tacos. Some people are in favor of it. Some people do not like their lettuce lettuce on a taco. What do you think? I don't. I like lettuce on a taco. Uh, what I don't like is is uh, rice. A lot of the places, uh, especially burritos, they like it's like half rice. I'm like, no, 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 no. I just like Chipotle puts a ton yeah, of rice. Too much. Yeah. I mean, rice to me is filler. You know, it's what you put on the side to eat with the beans. It's you know. I don't know. I can't claim credit for it, but I remember somebody talking about that one time. They were talking about uh, rice, and uh, uh, he said, yeah, rice is for people that can't afford meat. 
All right, mm. so we're eating the steak taco. Good. This is probably one of my favorite tacos at Camacho's. Sometimes I'll just order this. I think two come in an order. So which uh, which location do you go to most of the time? I, I go to the Overland Park location. They just reopened, I think, in the last two years. So. And where is that? It's off 119th and Metcalf. Oh, okay, sure. Well, it's good. They 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 cook the steak apparently on a kind of a high flame, so you get a little of that char flavor. Yeah, I love that char flavor. It's a good sized taco too. It's yeah. not a s- small one. So now this one's a flour tortilla. Mm-hmm. Okay, Machos has a really popular seafood menu too. So seafood Mexican food. So yeah, I'll have to check it out next time I'm there because I'm not a I'm generally not a fish guy. I like uh, you know shellfish, you know, shrimp and lobster. Mostly for shrimp though, actually. Lobster to me is highly overrated. It's very bland as far as I'm concerned. I think most of the people that say they like lobster, when I watch them actually eat it, I'm like, no, you like what you're dipping it in. <laughs> right. Because you, you, you can dip shoe leather in, in enough garlic butter and it'll taste good. So, But yeah, I think shrimp, I like shrimp better. Um, and I like uh, those big cra- crab, the king crab meat. To me, that's I'd rather have crab than uh, lobster anytime. But These were delicious shrimp tacos, yeah. too. So... Here on Taco the Town, we have a scale of one to five golden tacos mm-hmm. for our rating. What would you give K Macho's tacos out of five golden tacos? I would give the steak taco mm, a solid three and a half to four. And the reason, the only reason I'm not giving it higher is because I, I personally like the the steak less well done. Um, but as a steak taco goes, this is really good. Um, so, um, yeah, I'd, yeah, I would, I would give it a, you know, three and a half, four, four, I would say the, uh, the shrimp, that's, that's close to a five. I think it's fantastic. Um, again, just personal preference. If, if I could get this shrimp taco filling on a flour tortilla, I'd, I'd give it a five without hesitation. But that's, again, I just like flour better than Yeah, I'm going to say the shrimp was one of the best shrimp tacos I've ever had, and the sauce on there was delicious. I'm going to give the shrimp a taco a 4.6, and then I love the steak tacos. I even love the the tortilla on it and and the toppings they give you. So I'm going to give that a 4.7 out of 5 golden tacos. Very cool. So we thought K-Machos was delicious. Yeah, no, no problem coming here again. But there are some people that have given it bad reviews. Why? Here on Taco the Town, this is the segment called Bad Reviews Read Uh-oh. in a Funny Voice. <laughs> it's the perfect segment for Tom Kane. Bad reviews on Taco the Town. Taco the Town. Taco the Town. Taco the Town. So this is Bad Reviews in a Funny Voice. These are real negative reviews of K Machos off the internet. Scott C. says... Pork carnitas, dry, hard, and flavorless, served with dry, crunchy-edge corn tortillas. The night manager was extremely rude and completely unconcerned. Rather than consider that the food might actually be subpar, instantly started with a defensive attitude. I started the convo by—that's short for conversation. I started the convo by saying I weren't sinking a comp meal— but rather just wanted to provide feedback about bad food. Even the bartender said the manager has a bad attitude. 
One thing for sure, he could care less about customer satisfaction. I think what you meant to say, my, my dear sir, was he couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. It's okay. You Americans make that mistake apparently all the time. He couldn't care less. Uh, <clears throat> I will never eat here again and will make sure no one I actually likes eats here either. I will knock them down physically and bar the door with my dead corpse before I let anybody... Oh, wait, I'm adding all that part. One star. <laughs> or Daniel R. says, Tried to order margarita. My ID was denied. <laughs> Dude, I'm like 22. Manager was condescending and said, Whoa, this is so fake. My little brother has the same ID. You're not from Montana. Well, okay, I added that part. I'm on my way to find a margarita elsewhere. One star, dude. Oh, no. What would uh, Morgan Freeman say? <laughs> <laughs> well, Carrie M., which would be Carrie Morgan. Whatever you do, don't sit in the bar and order only chips, salsa, or guac, or you will tick off the server. He was expecting us to have a much larger bill. We motioned to him, and he came over with a scowl. We asked for a refill on the salsa, and he rolled his eyes so far around, I swear they met in the middle. Then we asked for a refill on the chips. Same thing. I said, now wait a minute, son. We're talking chips here. That's like, what, four cents a ton? Anyway, I added that too. I always tip on bills big, even if it's a small bill. Or an extra long visit. Well, too bad. I'm not doing it this time. And you can tell Miss Daisy I'm not driving her wrinkly white ass around anymore. One star. <laughs> <laughs> Man, these people had some bad experiences at the bar. Even like <clears throat> the bartender seems to be the one that knows all of the ins and outs of this place. <laughs> well, I think we need, see. Well, I think we need more information to put those in context. Like, a what time was it? Right. Um, and what happened that this 22-year-old's ID is so badly out, <laughs> out of date or is so badly wrong that they don't think it's him? Yeah. I There's mean, more going on here. Something's going on there. All right, so to recap, K Machos with two Kansas City locations in Olathe off of Santa Fe and off 119th and Metcalf in Overland Park. If you're in the area and you're having a hankering for some tasty tacos, stop on by K Machos. We're still not sure what the K stands for. Maybe I don't know. That's just an unusual... Maybe quality with a K and a W? I mean, that... <laughs> quality machos. I lived in L.A. for 20-some years, and I, I can I can almost read, like, signs and stuff in Spanish and understand it. I, the letter K? Yeah, kind of like K-Mart. It, it doesn't show... They don't even have Ks. It's all Cs. Yeah. I don't even know if there is a K in the, <laughs> in the Hispanic version of language. So gotta, if you're near K Machos, stop on by. You won't be disappointed. We'll be right back after this break. Wait, wait, wait. I just figured it out. What? It's not K like the letter K. Like, it's K like Q-U-E. Uh, like really macho. It's que macho. There you go. That, really macho. But yep. they're like, we're in Kansas. And if we say Q-U-E, they'll say Quamacho. Queen macho? No. I think you're right. So it's que macho. Que macho. Si macho. Si, que macho. That was an old Saturday. That was a Saturday Night Live skit. It was like, a, <laughs> no, they did. It was a regular thing. They would, this was back in the 90s. They were had a fake game show that was, it was, uh, who is more macho? But it was supposed to be like from a Spanish TV station. So it'd be like, que es más macho? 
Sean Connery or Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know? And then they're like, ah, Sr. Connery, que es más macho? Anyway, that's got to be it. I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. Okay? Okay? We got that? Okay? Everybody good? Okay? Okay. We'll be right back after this break. Lotus Pool Records is a proud sponsor of Taco the Town. Check out the latest music releases by Poster Children, Heidi Lynn Gluck, Sun Eaters, Panel Donor, and many more at lotuspool.com. Celebrating 25 years of music, that's lotuspool.com. Let me ask you a question. We know you like tacos, but do you like the paranormal? Ghost stories? Bigfoot? UFOs? extraterrestrials cryptids like the Loch Ness Monster the Dover Demon and other unexplainable phenomenon if you do then you should listen to my new favorite podcast the Bigfoot Collectors Club hosted by Bryce Johnson and Michael McMillan every episode Bryce and Michael explore these topics and present stories from paranormal history with guests I had the pleasure of being a guest on episode 7 of the Bigfoot Collectors Club so look for that episode we talked about alien implants and abductions in the time I faked a UFO landing in fifth grade. If you like Bigfoot, collecting, and clubs, then you'll love Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's Bigfoot Collectors Club. You can find it wherever podcasts and chupacabras are found. Now back to the show. And now, it's time to get serious. It's time for Taco Topics. This part of the show is called Taco Topics. This is where we get in-depth with our guests and get their innermost taco feelings tom are you ready to answer some taco topics i am propelled question one what's the one thing you look for in a taco protein non-soy based protein no rice no rice meat or fish or yeah do you prefer hard shell or soft shell soft shell hot or mild salsa gosh well, it very you know every place's idea of hot is different. So uh, somewhere in between, this salsa we had today is pretty perfect, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I think it's great. I'm gonna have another little blob of it right now. Actually, mm. Tom, if you're not eating tacos, what are you eating? Well, I work at home, so whatever <laughs> sad leftovers are in my refrigerator. <laughs> um, gosh, you know I do, I do. I you know I'm home all day. So I usually just grab a hot pocket or a piece of bread and fold it over a piece of turkey and <laughs> wah No, nothing this good, I'll tell you that. Do you have a favorite meal other than tacos, especially here in KC? Do you like barbecue? You go to uh, Chinese? Well, I love Thai food. Um, if I go out to Thai food, I'll uh, I either get the uh, Penang or... Uh, uh, me crab, you know, it's like, anyway, you don't care. But yeah, I like Thai food and... Uh, this is not Thai of the town. No, no. <laughs> but in terms of uh, Thai, no, I'm I'm pretty much either a, a burrito or a taco guy and a soft taco. In your opinion, is Kansas City a good taco town? It is now. Uh, it is nowadays. Uh, not Not so much when I was a kid, but now it is. Is there something you think Kansas City's missing taco-wise that would even step it up even more as a as a number one taco town in the United States? Oh, man. I don't... Well, see, no. Because, honestly, you know, the places that are here that do a good job of it, they pretty much got it covered. I mean, if, they're, if, they, if they offer anything 
too new and strange, then it's probably not real Mexican food. Yeah. Have you ever had a time in your life when you've had to turn down tacos? Yes. We have uh, several children from Vietnam, and we've been back to Vietnam a few times. And uh, there was actually a restaurant in Hanoi that was serving what they were calling Mexican food, knowing full well that there wasn't a Hispanic person for 8,000 miles. And uh, we just, we ate there just kind of for fun. And uh, I took one bite of this, again, the salsa. I was like, okay, I'm done. And then they brought (laughs) what they were calling tacos. And I was just like, I looked at it and like, I don't don't know now. Not Not, a chance. Not Not recognizable. Not happening. (laughs) I don't know what the, it wasn't a taco shell. It wasn't a tortilla. I don't know what the heck it was, but it was, no. And again, you know, the mystery meat. (laughs) No, no. Do you have any taco no-nos or taco phobias? Something that you... Just will not eat a taco if it is prepared this way or uh, if it looks this way. Well, I mean, if the meat's burnt, yeah, I won't do that. Um, if it's white, if it's chicken and it's really dry white meat, that's a one bite and done thing. I'm like, nah, I'm not, I'm not working my molars on this mess. But yeah, that's, that's about it. I mean, it's just badly prepared food. So this is a little speed round. Uh, taco pizza, yay or nay? Nay. Taco salad, yay or nay? Nay. Taco burgers, yay or nay? Nay, 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 nay. <laughs> Taco dogs. Nay. Mini tacos. Yeah, yeah. From like 7-Eleven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Choco tacos? It's an yeah, ice no, cream dessert. I'm just trying to, yeah, well, okay, yeah. Oh, sure, after death, yeah, for dessert. <laughs> <clears throat> tacos with a shell made out of a fried chicken breast? I'd have to try it, but I don't think so. Tacos with a shell made out of a fried egg. Nay. Tacos served with French fries and nacho cheese. Nay, 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 nay. You lost me at French fries. (laughs) All right, so speed round's over. What's your favorite song to listen to in your car when you're on your way to get some tacos? Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody. No. (laughs) It's timely because the movie's coming out. That's a good one. Yep. You just don't want to listen to it on the way home because when you get get to the head banging part, <laughs> yeah, you might yeah drop your taco. Yeah, that's very bad. So the Taco Cleanse is a book that says we all have four taco personalities. Uh-huh. I want to know what taco personality you are. Are you a taco purist, a taco adventurist, a taco sentimentalist, or a taco contortionist? What was the second one? Adventurous. I try adventurous. Yeah, I yeah. I, I'll, 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 there's a lot of things I'll try on a taco. Yeah. Just not at that place in Vietnam. No. <laughs> Tom, this is, this is a segment of the show called Taco to Me. Mm-hmm. Do you have a taco related question you'd like to ask me? Well, of all the places in Kansas City, what's your favorite taco at the moment uh, so far or, or recently? Recently. Uh, <coughs> so recently I had the puffy shelled tacos at La Fonda El Taquito on Southwest Boulevard. One of the most delicious tacos I've ever had. Really? Yeah. Now, when you say puffy shell, you mean like a? It's like a fried shell. So, but it like a lot of air. Yeah. Like, like the okay. Yeah, it's delicious. Huh. But I mean, I've never met a taco I didn't like. Well, there you go. I love them all, but that place really stood out to me. I'm loving the tacos we had today from K Machos too. These were very delicious. You really can't go wrong on Southwest Boulevard. There's some super delicious tacos down there. So, Well, I'll have to fire up my lowrider and uh, check it out sometime, Holmes. 
that kind of does it for the show. Do you have anything? Solo comes out this week. Where can we look for your voice in that movie? Have you seen it yet? I have seen much of it a couple times when I was working on it. Oh, yeah, uh, I guess. In L.A. Um, uh, I'm in it very briefly, like seconds. But then again, (laughs) that's all I was in the last one. And and they killed off Admiral Akbar, but um, is there a young Admiral Akbar? No, no, no. Did not. They, I'm not any recognizable character. This is a new one-off uh, thing. Just a a, a droid. A short a short la- sentence is a droid. That's but, cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, what are the, your reviews? Is, there, is it an exciting oh, film? Oh, I I said from the moment I saw the first rough cut when I was there, I said people are going to love this thing because it's just. It's a, it's just swashbuckling, you know. It's 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 uh, there's no force, there's no Jedi, there's no lightsabers. It's just smugglers, good guys, bad guys. Well, no, actually, no, many good guys, <laughs> just different degrees of bad guys. Isn't it and, like a West, pretty much a western? Yeah. Well, it's space <clears throat> western. Yeah, which, Star which is Wars what is. Star Wars was, right? But yeah, exactly. It's just I, you know, I, I what I would tell people is that get, just get over the fact that it's not Harrison Ford. And enjoy the freaking movie, because you will. And there's a couple there's a couple cool little <laughs> surprises in there that'll blow your mind. I, I uh, Word I apparently has gotten out about a couple that I, I can't repeat. But. I know. I'm trying to stay spoiler-free because I don't want to ruin. So I heard there's a couple cameos, yeah, but I haven't heard who it is. Well, so. but yeah, there's, there's, there's uh, one in particular that's going to have people just jaw drop. The fans are going to awesome. soil themselves. They're going to be <laughs> sitting in a pile of bantapudu. But uh, yeah, it, uh, it, there's a couple that are in there just for no other reason than, than Ron Howard and the writer said, let's just do something that the fans go, oh my God! And awesome. yeah, it's great. Did you go to the premiere? Uh, no, okay. I'm going, actually going next week. They have, they have a, what they call a cast and crew screening oh, cool. for lesser beings like me. <laughs> but the, no, that's fun. Every year, they, you know, every time they, every year. Well, it's, it is almost it is every almost, year. Yeah. It is Twice every year. year. But yeah, they uh, they you know I go out for the uh, for the cast and crew screening and and dinner after that and we have a good time. So. Cool. Well, thanks for being on the show and my uh, pleasure. Thanks for talking tacos with oh, me. Oh, and thank you. I'm as soon as we're done, I'm gonna eat the rest of my shrimp taco here. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, and uh, we'll do a, we'll do a follow up next year. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything taco wise you'd like to leave? Any words of wisdom that Yoda might want to leave with <laughs> our our taco the towners? A good taco, a thing of beauty, it is strong. With the force, a fine piece of Mexican food you will find. Yeah. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook at Taco the Town KC or on Twitter at Taco the Town KC. Please rate and review and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. If you'd like to recommend a taco place for us to review or give us a taco tip, please send us a message to our email at tacothetowntopics at gmail.com. Thanks to engineer Matt Allen and executive producer Chris Garibaldi. Thanks to Tom Kane for letting us record this in his studio. And thanks to the band Sun Eaters, who wrote all the music you heard here on Taco the Town. Their catalog is available on lotuspool.com. And until next time, go eat some tacos! Some tacos, go eat, you will. Search the force, and foreseen it I have. Yeah. <laughs>